From Studio 2 in Oxford, Mississippi, this is After Hours with RebelGrove.com. Bye. Thank you, Your Honor. This isn't a victory for me. This is a victory for the justice system and my boss. Today's episode is brought to you in part by the Oxford Exxon. Stop in today for all your food, fueling, and beverage needs. Yeah, you can put some onion in while you're deglazing. I was thinking about shallots, actually. Oh, yeah. Shallots won't overwhelm the chicken's natural flavors. Are you insane? Maybe some mild post-traumatic stress disorder, but... But he drinks a lot, so... So, yeah, I think I've got a pretty good handle on it. All right, hold on just a second here. Are you telling me that if you have this Tourette syndrome, you can say whatever you want all the time and never get in trouble? My nerves are frayed enough as it is. Really? No, Long Island iced tea number three really took the edge off. What, is this a communist country or something? No, this is America! So we are going to beat the Russians! Give it up, folks. Mike Aruzioni. And now, here are your hosts, Jeffrey Wright and Dylan Edwards. You know how we used to just listen to, we would kind of just hit the intro or like right towards the end of the intro and then just start talking? We have to listen to that now every single time. It's all downhill from here. There's no way we can top that. Well, you told me to just go ahead and kill myself, right? I mean, there comes a point when you can't do anything better in your life. You've hit that point. You're never going to top that again. Uh, our thanks again, as we've, as we've pointed out. Uh, nobody, the great thing about that song with Avril, there is nothing good about that song. It's, except the finished product. Like, everything about the song sucks. Like, the, the, it, there's, but for whatever reason, it's just so shitty it works it, it sounds annoying it's really stupid but it, it's fine it, like there's there's literally nothing good about it except the finished product is good and it's one of those ones where like you have to kind of like throw your arms up too and you're like no man, I'm good. It, uh, it's a classic max martin song where this he just kind of all ties it into a hook that you can sing along to i want i, w- I want to issue a challenge to max because that was probably that was his best effort at writing a shitty song, and it's still good. I do not think the man can write a shitty song. How long do you think it took him to write that? I feel a like and a half. I feel like he goes. Someone comes up to him. Someone comes up to him. Is like, hey, I need a song. He's like, all right. Depending on Avril Lavigne comes up and says, I need a song. He goes, give me five minutes. I got this. Especially that Avril. Oh yeah. What's he? He's only worth $250 million. He needs more money. He's a classic example of... He's like the South Park guys. They don't have nearly enough money. They, every cent that they're worth, they've earned. How much are they worth? There's not enough, is it? I want to say they're both about $300 million apiece. That's not enough. Uh, yeah, I would agree with that. They haven't really done that much, honestly. Well, you know, they, they signed, they're, where a lot of their money came from... They took Comedy Central to the cleaners, like with George Lucas and Fox. They got to keep the retainers of memorabilia and merch. Ah, that did well. So they got that. That's that's how. I mean, outside of Star Wars being massively successful, but the biggest reason Lucas got so just stinking rich was that he cut, he he gets the merchandising rights. Uh, good day, Dylan Edwards. How are you? I'm doing great, man. Happy Friday to you. January 30th edition of After Hours. We got hashtag PropBetGanza coming up today. Pretty excited about Is that about the hashtag we're using? 
Yeah, nothing. Propaganda? Why Ganza? Well, because it kind of sounds like propaganda, but it's a prop bet Ganza. I'm just like it's gonna look better in writing. It's it's one of those ones that looks better in writing than it does. You're already sold on it. You just have to do it now. 100 sold on it. Okay. Um, had this complaint. Um, so I'm on this new uh, kick where I'm disgusted with myself. Um, yes, I know it happens pretty. You you would presume that that happens pretty regularly, but for whatever reason, now it's really kicked into like ultra high gear. Um, like what level of disgusted are we talking about? I'm a hard eight right now. Okay. Uh, hard, hard eight right now. Um, definitely, yeah, hard eight, soft nine, somewhere in that area. Uh, so I've decided my new move for losing weight was going to be I never eat breakfast. I don't. And I'm always told, like, that, you know, everyone sits there and goes, you know, it's the most important meal of the day. It's just a day. Uh, whatever. I call bullshit on that. But go ahead. Well, that's where this is going. Um, so I've decided what my move, the, the one time I was able to like really lose weight, I basically did it by eating once a day. I just cut myself off to eating once a day and I was miserable. So I was like, all right, well, I'll try it differently this time. I'll try and eat something in the morning, something healthy in the morning. So I go with like the, the healthy choice, like breakfast sandwiches. Oh, they, it's disgusting. Um, and I spend probably 70, 80 bucks on buying breakfast stuff, like stuff for breakfast, which was disturbing to begin with. So I'm not kidding you. Within 30 minutes of getting back from the grocery store, I'm listening to uh, the Adam Carolla show and Dr. Drew's on. And Dr. Drew was doing his segment where he talks about med- medical myths that are just complete and utter bullshit. Medical myth number two. Eating breakfast helps stimulate your metabolism and will help you lose weight is complete and utter bullshit. He goes, he just went off on it. He's just like, there is no science behind it whatsoever. Like, he spends like 20 minutes ranting on how there's no science behind it. And I'm just sitting there thinking, I'm like, do they, do they just, are they trying to piss me off? Like, well, my thing with breakfast is, for one, I don't love breakfast food. But you also, I agree. I think it's very but, overrated. But if on you're going to have good breakfast food, it's not your smart choice sandwich thing you're eating. It's oh like, no, it's the it's uh, the the I love the like the crumble cakes, the cin- the cinnamon rolls, orange rolls, like all that that stuff that mm, each one's probably somewhere around 500 calories. And you only have a certain intake of calories you can have. So if you eat 800 of it in, in breakfast, then you're already starting the day off really badly. Well, see, the worst part for me is. I'm not one of these people that doesn't realize how you lose weight. I'm very, I'm very aware of how you actually lose weight. Eat less, exercise more. You don't have it's, to exercise. Well, eating less, but if you exercise, it will expedite the process. Yeah, but exercising, exercising sucks. Right. So that's why I'd look for every avenue possible otherwise to lose weight. And the worst part for me is it's not even like I need to lose like I'm not at a point where like I have to lose 50 pounds, like where it's a massive effort. I basically just need to put down the soft drinks, which I can't do for whatever reason. You drink the leaded soft drinks too, don't you? Oh yeah, I mean I don't. I first off, I there's by the way, I'm convinced. Here's when everyone asks me why if I drink soft drinks so much, and I'm worried. Everyone goes, "Why don't you drink diet?" I have not. That's se- a lot of drinking calories, though. I've never seen a healthy particularly in guys, 
I don't know a single guy, girls are different, but I do not know a single guy that drinks Diet Coke or Coke Zero or whatever that isn't fat. I just drink water. But I mean, think about, think about that for, I don't, every single person I know that drinks diet is fat. That's a dude. Yeah, because most guys don't drink a ton of diet drinks anyway. Right. And yeah, so yeah, you're probably right. So that, that's my whole deal. It's like, well, I mean, it's clearly not working for them, so. Why, why even drink it? And do not give me, oh, the taste is better. Fuck you. Those things taste disgusting. The artificial sugar, the aftertaste of like fake sugar is disturbing to me. I cannot stand it. A real Dr. Pepper is up there on great things, though. A cold, crisp, like with, you know, right up, uh, crisp on the carbonation, the syrup, everything, tough to beat. I would argue... I do like Coke Zero more than regular Coke, just because I hate regular Coke. I don't like it at all. Strongly disagree. Um, That's fine. Why is it that Mexican restaurants have the best soft drinks? What do they do? And it's, by the way, it's not just like one Mexican restaurant. Universally, across it's the table. Just more crisp. It doesn't matter if it, you can go to uh, tequilas here in town. You can go to Chapultepec in Memphis. You can go to uh, La Hacienda. It doesn't matter where you go. El Portan. It, even in California, I tested the theory. I do not understand. What do they do? Do they use... Do they, are they shipping this stuff in from Mexico with more syrup? What are they doing? It is universally significantly better. Where's your least favorite soft drinks? Ironically, you know, I, it, it pains me to admit this because I love the food, but their soft drinks there is subpar at best. Uh, it's a tie between In-N-Out and Whataburger. Oh, so... Neither one of Southern locations for the most part. The other sec, the close second behind Mexican restaurants for soft drinks, Chick Fil A. Yeah, Chick Fil A's aren't good. No, no, I I'm, see. I disagree. I think Chick Fil A's soft drinks are very good. The problem is I don't ever o- or order soda when I go anywhere. Yeah, you just get water. Yes. Which is how do here? I don't understand this. How do you eat a meal with water? It's not difficult. You just learn to do it. It is difficult. It's very it's it's damn near impossible. I tried it the other night and it's damn near impossible. How is it impossible? It's just water. There's no taste. It just washes everything out of your mouth. How could you eat a cheeseburger without a coke? I don't know. I don't eat cheeseburgers. When's the what's the last burger you've had? Do not you don't eat what really? The closest I get to a burger or sandwich is when we eat something at the blind pig. That's it. What you when's your when's the last time you ate a burger? I couldn't. I really have no idea. How the hell do you consider yourself an American? I barely do. Uh, it, I can't remember the last time I ate a hot dog or a hamburger. A hot dog, I can, I can deal with. Even though I, I'm a big fan of the halftime hot dog. Huge fan. Um, now the issue that I'm having is I do not understand how you cannot eat a burger. I don't love hamburgers, honestly. You don't like food is the main problem. I like chicken, and I like junk food. There, there's, I don't know if you can comprehend the amount of disgust I have with you right now. I can't tell if I'm more mad at this or if I'm just more hungover right now. You're mad but at which part? I'm just disgusted with you. Like, right, I, the burger. I, it's, that's like us. That is American. That's like one of the few things that we can sit there and go, that's us. Is it us? I mean, the ca- 
eating the cow is not an original thing, but around the world, if you sit there and say a cheeseburger, the first thought is that is an American Probably cuisine item. Probably because it's massively unhealthy. Yeah, the, the amount of disgust that I have right now. All right, let's get into some things that will make me happy. Let's talk about gambling. Um, okay, so outside of the Super Bowl, actually just betting on the game. That's the, no fun. We, we've decided what are we, we're doing about 20 bets a piece. To me, the most fun betting during the Super Bowl are the prop bets, and it's not even the player prop bets. The, it's just the stupid prop the bets. The stupid prop bets. It, it, because the truth is the game is very long, and usually last year's was a massive letdown. But for the most part, actually, the games have been pretty good the last 10 or so. That's really been the only really bad one. They have made it to where it's – but the game is so I darn – The one that I blocked out of my mind are the, the Seahawks-Steelers that I just don't know anything about. I can't remember anything about that game. I that's, – that's like one of the few Super Bowls I didn't really watch entirely. I was – I hope you're sitting down for this. I procrastinated uh, this uh, book that I had to read, and so I had to spend all Sunday reading the damn book. That was miserable. Um, Spark notes. There were, that was the worst part. There were no spark notes on the book. It was one of those. It shouldn't be read if there's no spark notes. Yeah, it was. It was one of those that. God, that was infuriating. Um, all right. So first, uh, we obviously will have to bet on the coin toss. Here's where I'm really struggling, though. I do. Tails, tails never fails is just fun to say. Although there's absolutely no truth to that either. No, there's no truth to it either. I've convinced myself because when I always called. I was big on calling heads anytime I got to call the coin toss. I don't know why. I'd convinced myself that the way that a coin flips, it is statistically more likely to come up on heads than it is to come up on tails. It's just good science. So I'm a big heads guy. Now the problem is, I don't know. I, I did win the coin toss last year, but I have no idea what I called. You do realize there's not any thinking to be done in this. It's a 50-50 proposition. No, you realize that's how dumb you are. By you choosing not to think this through, this is being... Like you can't look at the history of the last 35 coin toss and it's not going to help you. It's a complete guess. You are so wrong on this. You, In fact, you have never been more wrong in your entire life than you are right now. You have talked me into heads, though, again. How did I do that? I don't know. But I'm, I'm all about heads. All right, so that means the rest of the world is now betting tails. I'm going to bet tails just for the fun. All right, so we're starting off that. Okay. Now, I love this bet. I don't know why. Team to win the coin toss. They need that momentum early. Who is the home team? See, well, I mean, who's designated as the home team? See, the pay... Uh, Bidding process, facilities, radio. This is a good pod. Is it, why, I don't understand why this matters either. Because that would be the team that calls it. Didn't Seahawks wore blue last year, so they'd be the away team this year. It alternates. Right, I knew it also. I just couldn't remember. Yeah, because Seahawks wore blue, I think. See, for whatever reason, I have the Broncos wearing orange in my head. Oh, actually, yeah, you're right, I think. I don't know. I can't remember. Super Bowl 48. Yeah, the Seahawks were white. I'm wrong. Okay. So that means the Seahawks will be the home team, meaning the Pats call. The Pats will call the toss. Do we bet 
Seahawks win the coin toss because the Pats are calling it. So you could just double up on those, just bet. See, because I love this bet too. I love this one as well. Will the team that wins the coin toss win the game? So you might as well just go ahead and do that. I, I'm a, I'm thinking about parlaying. You think they're gonna win the game, or you think they'll lose? Which way are you gonna bet it? Win the toss, win the game. Okay, you get the momentum early. Yeah. So you, it's the it's the first thing you'll be winning today. Um. Hmm. So I'm going yes on that. Is there any way to bet on who wins the toss will defer? Because both teams defer. I would like to know percentage of times that the team the team that calls the toss wins the toss. I would guess it'd be around fifty percent. See, you're you're acting like this is uh just you're acting like this is a fifty fifty chance on a coin toss. It could be heads or it could be tails. I would actually I would actually argue I bet it's I bet it's under fifty percent. It's complete. Right, because but you're also looking at it. Okay, yes, obviously a coin toss is a 50-50 no, proposition. there's more than that. Right, but... It probably lands differently because it's a commemorative but coin, so it could but, be weighted. But you're adding... You're also adding the human element into it. Even though it's 50-50, even though a coin toss is 50-50, a person calling a coin toss well, is not 50-50. Obviously, 50/50. I, don't, I know it's not going to be exactly 50, but it's probably in the range of 45 to 55. Well... I'm looking for any kind of edge I can get here, That's Dylan. Not an edge. This is gambling. It's a 50-50 proposition. Every Play time the cards, you- man. Gambler's fallacy. There's no such thing. Okay. There's only winning. Um Okay, so I love I do okay, I'm taking heads. I like team that wins the toss. I'm picking the Seahawks because I think the Patriots will be calling the toss. Picking the Seahawks to win, the coin toss, which I guess means now I'm picking the Seahawks. God, yes. All right, so I guess I've got to go with the emotional hedge bet. And this is what I love when people go, all right, well, Jeffrey's picking the Seahawks, so I'm going to bet. Who did Corolla bet? The Patriots, big. Good. Seahawks. Um, He put a lot of money on the Patriots. Good. Okay, now I feel better about the Seahawks bet. Um, So so it's, it's minus two? Yes. I'm getting two, right? The Yeah, it's Patriots minus two. Uh, how that is a head scratcher because it, it was like it started as one right yeah now it's moved to two i don't understand why i'm getting points and the seahawks yes you are the seahawks still have their defense correct russell i mean sherman is he's hurt but he's still playing he hurt his elbow or whatever he's fine he doesn't need an elbow to cover people is that not the strangest line who's catching passes for the Patriots. I mean, because I think you could also argue the same for. Is this this is this Super Bowl the worst collection of surrounding talent? It's Gronkowski and then nobody. Both teams have no weapons. I mean, Marshawn Lynch is a fantastic running back, but when I'm talking in a actual weapon at the wide receiver position, I mean, the Patriots are going to do that ultimate overkill where they put Revis on someone just vastly. Under under deserving of him, and it's just going to be no catches. Feels for very Doug Baldwin-y. Yeah. Doug Baldwin might not catch a pass. I bet you can bet on that. Ooh, that would be a fun prop. Um, okay, so we have those um, odds to win the MVP. I feel pretty good about this one. I'm going to take Russell Wilson at seven to two because I feel like if the Seahawks win the game, even though a defensive guy won it last year. 
I still like if he wins back to back Super Bowl, he's going they'd want him to give him the MVP just because. It, it just feels like that's what will happen, and that's really good odds for a quarterback. Seven to two is very good. And then you might, if you're going to bet on that, you might as well bet on who he's going to thank first, which you would have to go God. Yes, I actually feel very good about that. In fact, I might parlay those. Parlay Wilson and God. Yes, that's not bad. I I definitely think I definitely don't think that's a bad idea. Also, though, I will be betting that uh, it's another hedge bet. I will be betting that Russell Wilson's first pass is incomplete. I'm going to. I think the parlay you can. Uh, parlay incomplete pass by Brady and incomplete pass by Wilson on their first throw for plus five thirteen. I don't. I don't hate that bet either. I really don't. It's a value bet. I also like the bet that you were talking about with Gronkowski. What's it over under nine and a half for his first catch? Yes, I like the under. I think they're going to try to get him involved early. Feels very swing passy. They'll line him up at like receiver and try to run like a bubble. A bubble with Gronkowski seems fine. It doesn't seem fair to a defensive back. Well, their defensive backs aren't fair, so it's even. Although, if there's one coach in defense I think can take Gronkowski away, it's the Seahawks and Pete Carroll. Why does he not get enough credit for being... Because you and I have talked about this. They basically have the only defensive innovation since basically the Tampa 2. Which, there's not a lot of that. And this defense is... Now, granted... Everybody, only certain teams can run it. To play a press cover three, you have to have some remarkable well, safeties. They got really, really lucky with draft picks. I mean, they got the guys, but even they didn't expect Chancellor and Sherman to be what they are. And they also got very lucky. All the kind of risks that they took all panned out. Their linebackers are freaks, their safeties are freaks, and their cornerbacks are freaks. And their defensive line is good. Uh, the other... Uh, the other special prop that I like is uh, first coach to be named first during the game. I like Pete Carroll at even odds. The free space, though, is Al Michaels. Will he make a gambling reference at any point during the game? See, I'm, this, is, this, is, this is going to be my, my flea moment. It's just one time, it's a, and you win the bet. As Dylan and I have discussed on multiple occasions, Al Michaels has so much respect for the game he has to bet on every single game so that that way he will stay. A, if a game becomes a blowout, if a game becomes a disaster, he is still into the game. So Al, for the sake of the game, bets on every single game. There's no doubt. He always knows the line. He always knows the total. There's no doubt. Like I don't. The better question, has there ever been a, a game where he did not make a gambling reference? It's because I feel like over-under... I think that's a lock for being mentioned at some point. Because you can just see an early, like a couple early touchdowns. It's like, wow, I hope you took the over. Okay, here are the rules from Bavada. From kickoff until final whistle, live pictures, any, uh, live pictures only, any tape pictures or post video does not count towards wager. Halftime does not count. Will Al Michaels refer to the point spread, the total, the odds on who wins the game, or any prop bet during the game? That seems like a free space. He's going to. You just have to do that. And the best part is, yes is getting the same odds as no. Because it was even different. Like, people must have been really betting on that. That, does, that, that is mind-blowing to me. You're not going to bet on that, are you? I'm, gonna, I'm literally going to psych myself. This is going to be like Flea was last year. The bet on Flea, will, he, will, he, or will a member of the Red Hot Chili Peppers be shirtless? It wasn't even Flea. 
It was will a member of the Red Hot Chili Peppers be shirtless? I psyched myself out of that. I was like, Fleet. It's the Super Bowl. Maybe they put clothes on. Flea would show up to the Academy Awards shirtless. And the best part was, I think, I believe every member of the Chili Peppers came out shirtless. Yes, they did. That was the... uh, How did I do... I still... That is the one bet I don't think I'll ever forgive myself for. How much research have you put into the uh, National Anthem at this point? All right, so you're doing sports book, and I do Bavada. So you're getting an extra second. I will be taking that extra second. It's Adina Menzel. She has a fantastic voice, uh, diva-y voice. It's two minutes, one second. Two minutes and one second on the National Anthem is a hell of a long time. It is, especially for that stage when you normally just want to get it over with. (laughs) Most people don't draw out the Super Bowl National Anthem, I feel like. No. I agree with you on that. So my gut is under, and your crack research says under, correct? Well, she, in 2007, she performed one that was like a minute 30. I'm like, I think it was a like minute 37, which is hauling ass. Yeah, I think last year was like 151. And then a minute 51. At the 2014 MLB All Star game, she hit two minutes, one second. I do love how. An MLB All-Star game. First off, if the National Anthem at, the, at a Major League Baseball game goes two minutes, you have every right to demand a ticket refund. You start booing. Full, the full price of admission. Um, that, that one is, that, wow. Could you imagine sitting there for two minutes? Because, like, uh, this, this, at the state game, whoever sang the National Anthem do had a fantastic voice, but it was a long National Anthem. I remember sitting there thinking, like, this is forever, and it was like a minute 40. And the song just sucks, because you don't want to take that forever on it. You know what else I'm sick of, uh, outside of the people that tell us that we're wrong about the National Anthem, acting like it's American, we're being anti-patriots by hating the, the song? It's an English drinking song. That's the tune. I have every right to shit on that song. He was hiding in the bottom of a boat while other people were dying. I still stand by it. This, the entire song is one run-on sentence. Yes. The only good part of the song are the beginning and the end. I would argue just the end. Be, but the beginning is at least fine. Mm-hmm. The end is good. Yeah, it's fine. The The ending it, is actually solid. Really, as long as the banner is still waving, is really the only point you need. Okay, so now back to the other the other ones that I love. This just seems ridiculous. How many times will deflated balls be said during the game? The over-under is three. It was two, so it's moved up. Um, they're going to go over. That's what people talk about. This also seems like a free space. Now, granted, the odds aren't that good, but it still seems like a free space. Will it be mentioned during the game that Pete Carroll was the last coach of the Patriots? Yes. That seems obvious. Okay, the odds are on this. The only problem with this one is it's from kickoff to final whistle. Yeah. That feels very pregame showy. That feels very lead-in. Like, you know, when, when they flip it to Al and Chris before the game, that's when it feels like that will be mentioned. But I feel like at some point during the game, they'll have a not live, like, just free space take, and then they'll be talking about it during plays. Yeah, that, again, it's minus 250, but I think that's free money, so I would go ahead and slip something on that. Here's a fun one. What will the Nielsen rating be of the game? It's 47 and a half the over-under. I love the under there. I don't think there's been a there's been a 47 before 
but I do not believe that there's been anything over 47. Were like the Saints Colts really, really high? Uh, Saints Colts was high, but I still think it was under. Let me double check on that one. Um, also, total number of audience, U.S. audience is 113. Also love the under there. I think the highest is 111.5. You don't love fun, do you? Betting on the under of people watching. Well, the, the thing is, I hate betting. We've discussed this, how I hate betting the under. Everyone hates betting the under. The under is the worst bet in sports. However, because... I kind of like the under, though, because it lets me root against everyone. Well, yeah, but again, you hate you hate anything good in the world. Um, the only issue with the only issue that I don't have a problem betting the under here. It's not like this is throughout the course of a game that I'm betting the under. I'm just betting a number. You know what I mean? Like it's not like I have to watch it play out and sit there and sweat it out. At no point will I sit there and be worried about whether or not it's going to be 113 million people. It's not like I can sit there and go tell people to turn off the TV. Although maybe I could. I don't think you have that wide of influence. You don't know that. I don't. It's impossible to prove anything is false. You're presuming, but we don't know. My thing. We have to also forty-five. Uh, the the Nielsen rating for the Saints and Colts was a forty-five. Uh, total total uh, viewership was one hundred six five. Uh, let's see, forty-six for Super Bowl. Uh, forty-five. Uh, the Giants and Patriots Super Bowl did a 47. It really, I find it hard. I find it hard to believe if the Giants and the Patriots didn't break 47 and a half. I find it hard to believe that the Patriots and the that the Patriots and Seahawks will. That's fair. I mean, cause it, I don't know. There's a lot of hate watching. Hate's a very powerful motivator because most of America just hates both of these teams. But I feel like most of America hates the Giants and the Patriots collectively. I feel like I feel like if that game isn't going to break it, no game's going to break it. And then uh, a forty-six-three with the uh, Niners and Ravens, and last year was a forty-six-four largest largest total audience at one eleven and a half. That's why I'm a one point five million spike would be huge. Yeah, probably. So you're going to go under? Yeah. Well, the odds even on those? Uh, I think it was 121.20. And because of who's performing at halftime, we have to make at least like three bets on the yeah. halftime show. The odds are even on Nielsen rating, and uh, I get plus 200 for under 113 million. I think that is a value bet of value bets. And then the next day, just wake up and be trying to find the number somewhere. That would be fun. Oh, that's going to be awesome. Well, TV by the numbers. I, I actually – I am way too fascinated by that to begin with. Uh, I do love this. What will be higher, Russell Wilson passing yards or the U.S. average gas price in cents on Monday? I do love that. That'll probably be a – I don't know. They uh, do have some weird cross-sports ones too where you can bet on like Patriots points in the game versus like the Knicks first quarter points. All right, where do you stand on the Gatorade bet? I mean, it's kind of like the coin toss. It's fun to bet on. Whatever has the best size. Oh, no, no. Oh, I was not. I was asking which color you're picking. I was not going to sit there and act like we weren't betting it. Are you kidding me? Um, I mean, 
I, no Gatorade bath at 500 is kind of fine if they run away and get away. Clear or waters at three to one? I'm not saying, I don't know if that's a bad one. Clear, really? Well, water. I don't no, think it's water. It's not going to be water. I can't remember. Has there ever been a water bath for a f- Super Bowl? Belichick feels like he would demand them. If they're going to dump him, they demand it. He feels like he would demand water. Uh, yellow or red? I mean, red at plus 650 seems solid. Red is the worst flavor of Gatorade known to man. Oh, it's awful. Like, there's that after. Speaking of aftertaste, the red Gatorade aftertaste is up there with fake sugar aftertaste. Oh, I don't really like lemon lime either. Uh, I'm an orange guy. Big orange guy. Orange is plus 150, so that's no fun. Uh, Orange is at three to two. Yellow is five to two. Clears three to one. Blues thirteen to two. Reds fifteen to two. Green twelve to one. I feel like the Seahawks win. Greens in play. I wonder what color they used last year. I think for some reason I think it was orange. So this is, I don't like a one fifty bet on something that's completely stupid. I also like the tying in uh, Groundhog Day. Oh, I didn't like that. Uh, Puxatani Phil sees his shadow. And a Patriots win is plus 220. Puxatani Phil does not see his shadow in the Patriots win, plus 275. Puxatani Phil sees his shadow in the Seahawks win, that's plus 225. I'm sorry, 275 for uh, Phil and the Patriots, not seeing the shadow in the Patriots. Uh, Phil does not see his shadow in the Seahawks win, is plus 275. Uh, I also love this one. Uh, what will happen with the Dow Jones the day after the Super Bowl? Market up is minus 140. Market down, even money. I'm going to go down because that's how I bet on things. Uh, we have any? Do you have the uh, halftime? Yes. Okay, hit me with the halftime. For whatever reason, they're not on this one. Well, for the best one, I mean, this is free money, too. Okay. I mean, it's not good odds. It's minus 600. Will Katy Perry show cleavage? The, I, don't, I don't even understand why that's, a, that's even a, a concern. Like, this is a girl that when she... I do, lo- I do respect Katy Perry's game. As if we weren't staring directly at her tits no matter what, she still always wears something that draws attention to her boobs without fail. It's completely unnecessary. Like one time she was doing, like I don't know if it was the VMAs or whatever it was, she had basically like an, a light-up arrow pointing to her tits. It's like, sweetheart, we're, that's where we're looking. Don't, don't worry, we're there. You do not need to guide us there. Who will have more crotch grabs during the Super Bowl, Marshawn Lynch or Katy Perry? See, I feel like they're trying to, to, to dupe us on this one and go with Marshawn. Katy's the answer, right? I think so, too. I still can't get over the minus 600 cleavage. That seems insulting to have that. What happens if both are at zero on crotch grabs? I would. It doesn't clarify which one. I wonder if that's paid out as a push. Probably. Okay. So what are the other uh, halftime props? This one I thought was re- I, was really strange, a little bit insulting too. What song will she perform first? Okay, so Roar's going to be the answer. It's three to two. All right, it's the favorite, I presume, correct? It's tied with Firework. See, this is how we do, which we both agree, terrible song at five to one seems like the best value. I could see that being first and being terrible. It's so 
That that does feel okay. So what? Read read me the odds for the for, and I'll tell you as a connoisseur of Catherine Hudson Perry's work, uh, I'll I'll tell you, I'll tell you what the best bets are. The one, the only ones they have listed are Firework three to two, okay, Roar three to two, okay. This is how we do five to one, okay. Dark Horse twelve to one. There's no chance that's you're not opening with Dark Horse. I hope that she doesn't even play. I, it. I hope so either. But I'm telling, like, even if you play it, that's not an opener. And then the next three songs here, I think, just to tease us because they're yeah. good songs. Et twelve to one. See, you're a bigger Et fan than I am. But I'm still, not, but it's just better than anything she has on her other songs. Agreed. Other album. Also, not a, that's not a song she's going to open with. Now the next two songs are "Right in the Wheelhouse," "Wide Awake" twelve to one. Again, good song, still not going to lead with it. "Waking Up in Vegas" twenty to one. If I have to bet on waking up in Vegas because it's my favorite song from her. I have to do it out of principle. However, there is a 0.00000% chance that... It's not even being played. It's not even in the set list because she hasn't even been playing it on tour where she has like... She had a set list that had like 24 songs and waking up in Vegas wasn't on it. How is that possible? My gut is she's not... She doesn't like it. I guess it is from her first album maybe. I, I don't know. I still don't understand why. But, like, we, you and I have talked about this. A song that does not get credit for sucking like it does, I mean, we still like it, but it's still not that good. I Kissed a Girl. No, I don't really even like it. It's, 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 not, one of, it's one of my least favorite songs on that album. Because um, Hot and Cold is bad, but it's also fun. Yeah, no, hot and Hot and Cold is one of those songs that, even though when you're listening to it in the car, you're like, okay, this isn't, this isn't good... But it is one of those songs that you can sit there and go, I can see how it's good live. Because it's, a, it's kind of a bouncier, fun song. Um, everybody knows the words. Like That one makes sense. I'm going to have to bet on Waking Up. I would like the Waking Up in Vegas bet if it were, will, uh, if it were a closing song. Yes. It's still not a great bet, even as a closing song. No, it's not, but it's a better bet. There's no way she's opening with Waking Up in Vegas. It's kind of her halftime show is going to suck, isn't it? I feel like it's going to be heavy on Prism, and you and I both hate Prism. Well, people that don't like music like Prism. It really is upsetting that Prism is her highest, I believe it's the highest Metacritic album. It is. It, they go in reverse order. Uh, Prism's not good. There, you and I have talked about this. There is not a song on Prism that would make the cut of either of the other CDs. Yeah, because like, even like the middle songs on... Uh, the f- her first album was like, if you can afford me, it's still still a banger. Yeah, it's fine. The only song that's really terrible on Teenage Dream, Peacock is terrible. Circle in the Drain's terrible. Um, but then you, she had like seven singles that she released off of Teenage Dream, and they're pretty much all good. Yeah, I mean, by the grace of God's the best song on Prism, and it's a five. Maybe. Well, a, a Katy Perry five. Um, you can also bet on what color her hair will be. What 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 are the odds on blue? Blue is three to one. Okay, what, who are the favorites? Black or brown, two to one. That's boring. Uh, pink or red, three to one. Blue or green, three to one. Blonde, four to one. Purple, five to one. I don't hate purple for a value bet. I don't hate purple. Just go five, five to, to one. one. 
If she comes out and roar, purple's a real possibility. Roar's fine, I guess. It's okay. That album. The the worst part about Roar, Roar's a Max Martin song. He kind of mailed that one in, didn't he? That was a that was a I mean it's still good. It's listenable. I right. Mean. Um I would argue I think she's opening with Roar. I do not think she's opening with Firework. I feel like Firework's a cock tease because every time they've been promoting her halftime show on the commercial, they've been playing Firework. They're in a dome, too. Firework needs to be performed outside, I feel like, to get the full full value. I mean, I'm Roar's sure. the answer. She's coming out in Roar. Mark it down. In the books. Coming up, little fella. Um, my favorite complete never going to happen long shot is will there be a successful plate fake punt at plus 4,000? And you put what? You put a soft 10 on that? You can put 10 on it. Just a, You put a quick 10? I think uh, a successful fake field goal is plus 2,000. If there's a roughing in the passer in the game, it's plus 165. I like that a lot. That's it? Yes. I love that. Any roughing the passer is 165. Either side. Yes. Yeah, love that. That's that's definitely getting a quick 10 from Jeff. I'm pretty sure that was in the parlay props. Love that. Uh, so that will be our big bet slip. We'll have the spread shell, uh, spreadsheet. Again, if you want to play along, you're more than welcome to. Uh, again, use the hashtag PropBetGanza. We're going to stick with it, whether or not Dylan wants to or not. Aren't hashtags supposed to be shorter than that? I'm just a critic. That's all I am. No, you're just a fun sucker. That's what you are. You are a complete and utter fun sucker. Like, zero fun, period. Everything, everything's black. Everything sucks. Um, speaking of uh, everything, uh, <laughs> everything sucking and being really sad, this comes to us from time. Does the earth go around the sun... Or does the sun go around the earth? When asked that question, one in four Americans answered incorrectly. Yes, one in four. The survey conducted by the National Science Foundation included more than 2,200 participants in the U.S. AFP reports. It featured a nine-question quiz about physical and biological science that the average score was a six and a half. Here's the thing, though. Americans actually fared better than the Europeans. Hey, look at us, who took similar quizzes, at least when it comes to the sun and earth question. Only 66% of European Union residents answered that one correctly. One in four people do not know that the earth revolves around the sun. I don't understand. How is that possible? Isn't that just what you learn from like kindergarten to sixth grade? It's the same thing every day? 25% is a huge number. So people that can name every planet in the solar system. That's like basically like zero. That's 80 million people, roughly. I, I mean, that's just so stupid. I can't understand it. They don't have the excuse of Sherlock of just choosing not to know it to know other things. Yeah. And I mean, and you kind of respect it from. From a Sherlock perspective, he understands that his his brain can only have so many, can only have so much stored in it, and he has no time. Knowing that the Earth revolves around the Sun does not does not uh, improve his work. 
So he has, uh, it's like as you and I talked about, we have basically, there are 18 seasons of South Park. We probably have 13 seasons of South Park more or less start to finish stored in our brains. I doubt that Sherlock has that. You think? Maybe. He does like the crap TV. Uh, uh, this comes to us from Bubba Cav. On the Oxford Exxon podcast, we had an argument about, uh, Neil and I had an argument about whether or not you could see, uh, whether or not you could see uh, the Hollywood sign. According to Bubba Cav, you could have. I don't think you can. From what? From the Coliseum in L.A. Can you see the Hollywood sign? I don't know. I cannot remember. Neil argues that you can, however, because he thinks he, he remembers making the comment in the press box that you could. Where did this come from? Um, somehow we got on that this morning. I don't remember. Um, love this power move here. Again, comes to us from Time Magazine. Wow. Let's, I don't really like that we have two things. I know. We're now. actually being smart. No, Time isn't smart. Well, no, but it thinks it's smart. Time's person of the year, I will never forgive them for, and they're always on my shit list. Yeah, no, th- they're excessively blowhardy, um, but it is a little higher quality of journalism from what we from what from our usual takes. Uh, Lindsay Lohan has been accused of trying to include socializing with fans as some of her eighty hours of community service she was supposed to perform for her twenty twelve reckless driving charge. Lohan, 28, reported including meeting several fans during a stage production of Speed the Plow, in which she started in the U.K. last year as part of her mandatory 4,800 minutes she had to spend benefiting the community. Bigger Name a bigger power move than saying, my presence with the general public is community service. Did she have fans? When's the last time she did anything that people actually liked? I've talked about this. I don't know if I've said it on this podcast. I know I've said it on the other one. Instead of these horrible public service announcements that we like, where they show like the babysitter letting the baby walk into the pool and drown because she's stoned. Instead of those wildly depressing PSAs, just take a picture of Lindsay Lohan circa Mean Girls. She was so hot. She was so hot it hurt. At that, like Mean Girls, Lindsay Lohan was in fuego. She was going to do for the redhead what Wilt Chamberlain did to basketball. Completely changed the game. Changed the way you think an about innovator. it. Just a, a complete pioneer. A whole new frontier. For so long, we dismissed the redhead. No more. Um, and now, all you got to do is go and find a picture of Lindsay Lohan in the last 24 months and just go, kids, this is what drugs She do. looks maybe 47 She's probably 28 going on legitimately 45, maybe 50. Years have been rough. The years have been unkind. To every part of her. Every freaking part of her. Not, it's, it's really sad. Really, 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 really sad. Um, you and I saw this, and the truth is, well, it's a little bit of a blue story. I've got nothing but respect for this man. This comes to us from the Daily Mirror. A father killed himself after seeing photos of his 18-year-old daughter posing nude in Playboy magazine. Lordana Shivu stripped off, the Roma- uh, stripped off for the Romanian edition of Playboy magazine, and when her father found out, he hit rock bottom and shunned her. The curvaceous blonde said, quote, 
He stopped speaking to me. He was pretty upset. When he found out what I had done, he cut himself off from the world and tried to isolate me as well from the rest of the family, end quote. I thought he would get over it, and I never expected he would do something like kill himself. The model, who has hundreds of scantily clad glamour pics on her Instagram page, had always had a close relationship with her father, father, but said it changed once he saw the revealing photos. When she went to reconcile with him a few months later, after deciding that the dispute had gone on long enough, she was horrified to find that he had killed himself. I found him hanging from a beam in the attic, she said. I never recovered from the shock of finding him. Lordana, now aged 25 and living in the Romanian capital of Bucharest, said that ever since that moment ago, or that moment six years ago, she had been haunted by the fear that his motivation for killing himself uh, was the row that she, they had had. She regrets never getting the chance to speak to him about their disagreement. Quote, he had, left, uh, he had not left a suicide note, and everybody said that uh, said up to the end he seemed cheerful, and it was a complete mystery why he would do something like this. I can't, I do. I, listen, as a father, you basically have, as a father of a daughter, you basically have one job, right? I think it's a, a mix between don't let her be a stripper and don't let her be a porn star or a prostitute. So that's three. Basically it. Basically the standard, you have, at no point in your daughter's life should she get paid to take off her clothes. That's pretty much it. I would say as a father of a daughter, that's the one rule. Because everything else is kind of a crapshoot. But you should at least to the point, and he just sat there. I love the idea that he's so ashamed that basically he had one job to do and he couldn't do it. Well, I just got to kill myself. At least he did it tastefully. Right, he did it tastefully. But again, that's kind of the standard. Yeah, especially if, she's, if you don't have anything to blame it on, like her the Lindsay Lohan child celebrity thing. Right. Like, it's just on you. Also, I can think of no better shaming tactic than what he did. Killing himself? Well, right, but not only... Okay, he... Listen, he committed a crime. He had to pay the price. Now, in addition to paying the price, she has to live with that for the rest of her life. The fact that her taking off her clothes for money made her dad kill herself... Guarantee you she has not, she has quit stripping or whatever, quit, quit taking her clothes off for money. Yeah, that's probably a life-changing event. It might, it's probably the only thing her dad could do. I'm saying it's an effective answer. I've got nothing but respect for that guy. May he rest in peace. Poor guy. Uh, this is very exciting. For the first time since, what, June, we get to play this song. Let's hit it. Wiener, wiener, wiener. It's almost here. When does it start officially? I think April 14th or 13th, something along those lines. March 29th was the date that they had in the Wall Street Journal. However, I think that's going to be the the date of the IMAX. We're uh, you know, they're showing the last two episodes on the IMAX. They're doing that now, right? That's where that that's where the trailer came from. Oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah. 
I do love that move by HBO. You know, you and I were talking about this. Other than the second to last episode, the the battle scene would be good in IMAX, but the the very last episode of season four, it's very character and plot driven. So I don't feel like that would be all that impressive. Yeah, it's a little unnecessary. I, I just don't feel like that would be all that impressive. So here we go. We'll uh, take a listen to the trailer. Uh, we'll watch the trailer. You'll take a listen. Again, you can find it. At, at basically, it's on, it's on YouTube everywhere. So this is the season five trailer officially out. Nothing's more hateful than failing to protect the one you love. There's no justice in this world. Not unless we make it. Avenge them. I believe men of talent have a part to play in the war to come. I will never sit on the Iron Throne. You could help another climb those steps and take that seat. Somewhere drawing breath. I don't think I'm ready for what I deserve. I'll never even find what's left of you. Strip away the gold. Knock down the statues. And this is what remains. Seven Kingdoms needs a ruler loved by millions with a powerful army and the right family name. Good luck finding him. Who said anything about him? Looks nothing short of excellent. So basically, Daenerys is still doing Daenerys things. Cersei still wants to kill Tyrion, but Tyrion has a beard, so it's basically season two, but Tyrion is homeless. I kind of like Tyrion in the beard. I don't know why it's important, but it adds a grisly element to him. Also, he's not blonde. Is it possible that Tyrion's mother, the Honorable Mrs. House of Lannister... Is it possible maybe she was a bit of a whore? Well, yeah, there's no way Tywin could have done that. Right. Well, all the other kids are blonde. Is, is that a problem with you? It's a, it's a minor plot point. I'm, I'm hung up on it. And you, as you and I have discussed, you're not anybody in Westeros until you've had a bastard. It's very true. She went out on top. Uh... Okay, so a couple of takeaways from the trailer. Um, my first takeaway is, holy shit, Maisie Williams aged like 10 years. She looks like six foot tall now. I couldn't tell if that was the camera work or if she just hit puberty. 
I still, it's still the big, I, it's the most surprised I think you've ever been in your entire life when I revealed to you, like, she's only, like, 11 months younger than that, Sansa. That doesn't make any sense to me. By the way, good to have Littlefinger back being super creepy and holding Sansa's face in a very creepy manner. Glad to have that back. I don't have any problem with that character. A lot of people dislike that character. I have no problem. I think he's one of the best characters. He's a self-made... He's like virtually the only self-made man in all of Westeros. He's, he's pretty much the only one, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's basically him. It's, it had it, It's like... Everyone's actually like, well, yeah, he got there. He got there like in such horrible fashion. It's like, well, yeah. How else are you going to get there in that kingdom? It counts. Like scoreboard. The other, the other big takeaway, and you and I have been talking about this: the progression of Daenerys to basically just she's borderline psychotic right now. I don't. I've never really liked her character as much as everyone else. Like, she's probably one of my least favorite characters. And she's a lot of people's favorite. Well, I just thought she's hot. I never liked her character. Well, a lot of people like her character. I don't. Uh, yeah, uh, the ex-girlfriend loves Daenerys Targaryen. I don't know why. Loves, like, and she loves the books. It's like, give me Cersei over Daenerys every day. Because Cersei's not smart, but she thinks she's smart, which is a great combination. Cersei is the classic... She's the classic high school bitch that grew up. With a very, very rich father. She was never told no. She's basically never been told no her whole life, and now she's, she's unfortunately coming to that realization in life that not everybody still wants to fuck her anymore. Like, th that has to be... Karma, karma and father time are, are very... Uh, ironic like that, but that has to be a horrendous realization for a chick that's been hot her whole life. That she's not hot. Yeah, that has to be that has to be one of the most like depressing realizations of all time. I don't think it's, she's hit that yet, though. She's got her brother. She's fine. Well, she is like she's like California. She grew up hot. She used to be hot, and she still has that attitude that everybody still wants to fuck her. How do people not like this show, though? I don't understand it. Like, how can any just dude not like this show? It's perfect. Well, it's how did you describe it? It's like, do you like violence and porn? <laughs> well, then that's it. Because that's what this show is. Like, do you do you not like those things? I I I will listen to the argument. You and I talked about this. It's the first, if you do not know what's going on in season one, it takes you like six episodes to figure out what the hell's going on. It's learn everyone, understand, you know, the families. That's fine. I can understand that, but you still have to stick it out and watch it. I rewatched season one. Season one on the rewatch is significantly better once you know what's going on, once you know all the characters. And rewatching season one was one of the best decisions I've ever made. I'm still a season two guy because I love Tyrion running the country. Big fan of that. Well, he is one of the most capable of doing so it doesn't really matter so for the first time in that we kind of get a glimpse of what Varys is up to Varys's whole we kind of I guess got a little bit of a, a taste of it last season but basically it appears Varys's whole plan is to restore Daenerys Targaryen to the throne and we kind of see that that's basically been his plan all along 
she's terrible, right? Not a good would not be a good leader. Like he might make her one, but she's not. It feels like he just wants a Targaryen back on the throne and then he will help her rule. Mm. But I'm like you. You got to think that she'd be well, because she's basically been ruling in the Sun Belt, and at best, she's done a mediocre job, right? At best? I mean, I don't even think mediocre would be good. She's pretty much failed. She crucified, like, how many people? That's not a good start when you're ruling. Was it 190 or something like that? Something like that. It's not an excellent beginning. Not the greatest start? Particularly when those people were... Uh, it might not be a first-inning exit, but it's up there. As you and I were talking about, also not a good idea to um, crucify your biggest taxpayers, the uh, the earners, if you will. Or, you know, the one, the three things that give you significance, you lock them underground. Not a, not a, big, not a big fan of that move either. Um, your power play, you've decided to take out of the equation. So not a big fan of that move. So get your dragons to hate you. That's gonna that'll work. That'll 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 fix things. Uh, let's go to the uh, weekly awards. Uh, we'll start with our tip of the cap. And truth be told, I I did not ever think I'd be giving Boogie Cousins an award, but Boogie Cousins stood up today. Stood up and stood out. Uh, so five years ago, Clay Travis on January thirtieth, twenty ten, tweets out tweeted out. There is a 100% chance that DeMarcus cousin, uh, Cousins is arrested for something in the next five years. 100% write it in stone. Well, today, this morning, Boogie Cousins tweets, today's the day, two exclamation points. Let's all show him some love. At Clay Travis, BGID. I love that move that's, of sitting on a tweet for five years. That's pretty next-level next level manipulative type stuff. Waiting that long on something. I love that move of sitting on something for five years. And that's so spiteful, though. Love it. Uh, also, good day for Boogie. He also It's also announced that uh, he'll be an all-star. Do you also screenshot mean tweets to save them for later? Mm, I do not screenshot tweets. Like I don't know. Not for those. I, would, mean, I don't know. What... Is my move of retweeting everybody that comes at me, is that a douchey thing? I don't really care. You do that for everything if someone tweets yeah, something Yeah, every you? single person. I don't even, like, Clay Travis kind of picks and chooses. Now, granted, he has. A couple more people, maybe. I think he has, legitimately, I think he has 300 times the followers that I do. Um, so he can't just scroll through everything. But I don't, I mean, they're clearly coming at me because they want attention. So give them attention, right? How often do you have people mad at you that aren't Ole Miss fans? Um, it's died down. I've always, I've always said I make a horrendous first impression. Do not, I do not make a good first impression. Uh, so let's move on now to our Jameis Winston Award. And I, I believe you were the one that pointed out this is one of the worst ideas in the history of the I world. I was legitimately upset by it. Yeah, you were You were legit. <laughs> uh, use your line here in a minute. Uh, if there's something strange in your neighborhood, the new Ghostbusters you're going to call will be women. And reboot director Paul Feig 
has now chosen his cast. He tweeted last night that the four main characters will be Melissa McCarthy, Kristen Wiig, Kate McKinnon, and Leslie Jones. Feig, who says the movie will be filmed uh, this summer for a July 22nd, 2016 release date, uh, directed McCarthy and Wig in Bridesmaids. McKinnon and Jones are current Saturday Night Live cast members, as were the original Ghostbusters, Dan Aykroyd and Bill Murray, The Guardian notes. Negotiations are still in progress, but all four are expected to sign up for the project, which has had a troubled development process, according to The Hollywood Reporter. A sequel with the original cast from the 1984 hit had been in the works for years, but it was difficult to get more, uh, Murray on board and original director Ivan Reitman dropped out after the death of the original Ghostbuster, Ghostbuster director Harold Ramis died last year. Okay, here's the deal. This is why w- women cannot have this role, and it's upsetting to me. Okay. When there is a noise... In the other side of the house. Yes. How often does the woman get out of bed to see what it is? Uh, we're still waiting on the first. Therefore, you cannot go hunt ghosts if you don't go check out the bad noises. Girl power, man. This is a guy role. And it's, they didn't even get good actresses to do it. Who died and made Kristen Wiig the queen of female funny? Why is McCarthy in everything now? Because it's an overcorrection you have to have the fat chick in there, because, and you have to talk about how talented she is. Just because? If, here, I stand by this. If Melissa McCarthy were an average-sized female, she would not be famous. Those people are awful. And by the way, I don't hate Melissa McCarthy. I don't either. She's just not, she, she's just not what they've made her out to be. You're on my team, right? You think Bridesmaids sucks, right? I mean, it's, it's okay. It's not nearly as good as people, as girls want to make it. Kristen Wiig looking at the camera and squinting for two and a half hours is not funny. No. There were two funny parts. Both were John Hamm. Although, if we're being honest, how many legitimately funny females are there? Like, Amy Poehler, I don't think she's funny. She can do funny things, but she's, I don't necessarily think she's funny. I do not find Amy. Uh, Tina Fey is funny. She, she's fine. Um, That's fine. I do not find Sarah Silverman funny. I don't either. I do not find Whitney Cummings funny. I don't either. Um, There's not a lot here. I do think she's hit or miss, but when she hits, she is really funny. Amy Schumer. Okay. She's very hit or miss, though. She, she, uh, she is the Adam Dunn of, of comedy. She is either striking out or she's hitting at 550. What about Lena Dunham? Yes, super funny, super talented, just an absolute delight. At least she's also attractive. Uh, she does that move, and I just I hate it so much. That move of, I know I'm unattractive, and I'm going to take my clothes off all the time just because, and then it's your problem. Yes. I, I'm 100% in agreement with you. This has disaster written all over it. It's just, it just doesn't make sense just from a simplicity level of girls don't go hunting after bad noises. It's that simple. All right. Ghostbusters largely dude following, correct? I think that's fair to say. Why? If you're, first off, we've talked about how awful it is that they reboot everything. No ideas that you just make a new one. And by the way, didn't I like Ghostbusters a lot? 
but I realized the reason why I like Ghostbusters a lot, it's because I like Bill Murray and Dan Aykroyd a lot. Yes. Because so, they're both funny. Yes. Very, and Harold Ramis was funny. And I, I, but don't you argue... Wouldn't you, my argument with that is Ghostbusters is good because those guys are good. Yes. And those, in 1984, those guys were still... They still had their fastball, if you will. And... I don't think Ghostbusters is successful because the story's all that great. It's successful because those guys are great. So now you're going to make I mean, it's it... a pretty stupid movie, if we're being honest. Well, yeah, I'm, but and that's my point. I, it's not... I mean, I mean, that's really the only thing good. So if you're going to reboot... In my, I just don't understand. If you're going to reboot something that has a largely male following, why are you doing it? with an all-female cast in a business where you turn down everything based on how you can package it and sell it. How are you selling the female version of Ghostbusters? I don't think they will. This is just Hollywood sucking itself off, right? Yes, it is. Uh, let's move on to our hero of the week. And, uh, well, the truth is, it's me. I am the hero of the week because... We didn't really take much time thinking about this. It was just... Well, I don't know. I don't know what inspired me to reboot um, our our intro. Oh, I know what it was. Uh, I'm the the intro is a Blink One Eighty Two song, and I'm in mourning. Uh, I'm still. It is depressing how depressed I am about that. Like it's. Are you even listening to music? No, right now I'm not. It's all podcast right now. Um, it it is so pathetic that this actually has an a impact. band that. I wasn't even aware we're still together. You're upset they broke up. It's pathetic. I, I, I openly admit it. It's it's not even uh, it's not even a, a up for debate how pathetic it is. But I don't know what ins what inspired us. Oh, we were talking about Max Martin songs on Monday after trivia, and we just decided because you were arguing with me that what the hell is terrible because it I, is and the, terrible and, and I stand by it being terrible. And then it gets stuck in your head, and you end up listening listening to it on the way home. And then afterwards, you just text me like, "You're right, Fire Flames. It's a jam." Um, oh, it's still terrible, but it's still a jam. I stand by the statement. There's nothing good about it except for the finished product. It just works. Uh, and so we decided to reboot it. And uh, why not? Let's listen to the. Uh, we we added some clips and whatnot uh, to our uh, intro. And uh, yeah, let's listen to it again because it's. I venture to. S I don't like to use the term art lightly, as we've seen, but I'd venture to say it's art. And here we go. From Studio 2 in Oxford, Mississippi, this is After Hours with RebelGrove.com. Hi. Thank you, Your Honor. This isn't a victory for me. This is a victory for the justice system and my boss. Today's episode is brought to you in part by the Oxford Exxon. Stop in today for all your food, fueling, and beverage needs. Onion in while you're deglazing. I was thinking about shallots, actually. Oh, yeah. Shallots won't overwhelm the chicken's natural flavors. Are you insane? Maybe some mild post traumatic stress disorder, but. But he drinks a lot, so. So, yeah, I think I've got a pretty good handle on it. All right, hold on just a second here. Are you telling me that if you have this Tourette syndrome, you can say whatever you want all the time and never get in trouble? My nerves are frayed enough as it is. Really? No. Long Island iced tea number three really took the edge off. What, is this a communist country or something? No, this is America. So we are going to beat the Russians. 
Give it up, folks. Mike Aruzioni. And now, here are your hosts, Jeffrey Wright and Dylan Edwards. I would argue the single greatest reference in Archer's history, which, by the way, if you're not watching Archer, super funny show. It's on Netflix. Pick it up. It's hilarious. The whole premise of Archer was uh, Adam, Adam Reed, who's the creator, was in Europe, and he was reading James Bond novels, and he goes, Wow. This guy is a massive dick. <laughs> and that's what it is. And, and so the whole, pr- he goes, what if? And then the whole idea of M being his actual mom is hilarious. Everything about it's hilarious. Realizing the tactical, he's the first person that realized the tactical advantage of the turtleneck. So he buys 10 of them. I mean, I'm not the first person to realize the turtleneck was effective, but I was the first person to realize the tactical advantages. I love it. By the way, no bigger difference between character and voice of a character than John Benjamin. Sterling Archer's like as handsome and strapping of a lad as you could possibly be, and John Benjamin's like a like a just a like a potly a potbelly like bald dude who does have a tremendous voice. I cannot even think of Archer having any voice other than John Benjamin's. It's a perfect voice. He sells it. Rich Corinthian leather. Corinth is famous for its leather. When Archer gets the spy car for his birthday, that two and a half minute little video is just pure gold. When it opens up, the glove compartment opens up and it's a wet bar. It's like seeing the face of God. Press that blue button. No, <laughs> press that red button. Well, it's not going to kill everybody, is it? Press that blue button. <laughs> uh, great show. Uh, now let's kick it and let's, uh, let's let's hit our Taylor Swift award. And now, After Hours proudly presents the most esteemed award in new media, the Taylor Swift Award. Inspired by a young woman who overstayed her welcome by years with her constant boy bashing, I'm never wrong attitude, fake happy dancing in an award show aisles, terrible eye makeup, and general disposition in life. This award is given to the person or story each week that everyone has just had enough of. Do we have to consider renaming this? I don't think so. We could rename it the Lena Dunham Award and not lose anything. Yeah, I don't want to mention her every podcast, every but, other podcast, whatever. That is true, because now when we mention Taylor Swift, we get to think about how hot she was in Maui. Is one of the strangest rumors of all time the reason why she wore the high bathing suits is that she didn't have a belly button? Can the chicks still like her now because she's hot? That is going to be an interesting... because. They're going to have to go through the opposite of the Kate Upton where chicks when Kate Upton came out and I love when chicks deny this but I've I've gotten multiple to admit it's 100% true. When Kate Upton first came out, every chick on the planet hated her. Absolutely hated her. All you kept hearing was I don't get it. I do not get she's not pretty. She just has huge boobs. It's like what's not to get? That's what we like. Yeah, Kate Upton when she first come out, came out, and like Katy Perry, or two people. Like, if you asked a thirteen-year-old to design the perfect woman, 
Yeah, not me. If you had a if you had a 13, 14 year old boy like come up with a fantasy girl, it would look like either of them. Yes. When yeah, two thousand just boobs. Two thousand eleven, Kate Upton. That video of her on that video of her from the Sports Illustrated shoot is arguably the hottest piece of film I've ever seen in my entire life. Um, so are they going to do the, and ne- well then Kate Upton started packing on the pounds and we started calling her fat. And as soon as she started getting called fat, chicks united and got together with Kate Upton. And now they all love her. Oh my God. Did you see the other girl, the other woman? She is so funny. Oh my God. She was so funny in the other woman. So now they liked Taylor Swift because she was the regular girl. Now that she's the smoking hot chick, what do they do with her? I mean, girls have no problem burning bridges, right? So they'll hate her. It's fine. She went all in on the pop star transformation. She did a nice job of it. Like, I don't think we took a moment and really reflected on how well she did on jumping into the pop star. Because it's one thing to sell out and become a pop star. It's another thing to completely reinvent yourself as a pop star. Like, because for, for if, if you had 2010 Taylor Swift, she could not be a pure pop star. No. She now has She kind of dabbled with like the country thing, too. Her transformation is nothing short of remarkable. Yeah, it is tough to go from where she began at, with I didn't really like, and to where she is now with just great pop songs. Thank you, Max Martin. So our Taylor Swift Award winner this week is every journalist that continues to ask Marshawn Lynch questions. First off, I don't understand, and I'm somewhat in this field, but I, I don't understand it. Why do... Is there anyone that whines about their job more than journalists? Mm, probably not. They do a lot of that. Now, granted, I guess everyone whines about their job, and because journalists, their job is has an audience. Yeah, you, but I mean, but especially sports journalists, where you're watching a football game and getting paid for it. There's much worse things. Yes, like recruiting. Yes, and. I don't know. I just feel like all these people that are whining about Marshawn Lynch not talking is remarkable. What I don't understand is you asked him a question 30 times. He gave the same answer 30 times. Why do you keep asking? What makes you think that you're so special that he's going to choose to answer your question? He might call you boss at the end instead of just saying his response. That's the only thing he's going to give you. If has Marshawn Lynch ever said anything in the annals of history that we're going to remember? Well, no, and it's, you could walk five feet and stick a microphone or, I mean, or a quarter in Russell Wilson or Richard Sherman's mouth, and they will talk. Yeah, it's like you and I have said, just go, just go, Richard. Ha- take out your tape recorder, just go, talk. And Richard Sherman's going to give you, in five minutes, he's going to give you more than Marshawn Lynch could give you in his lifetime. Or more than that. Right. Couple of lifetimes. I mean, it's just I don't understand these people that act like Marshawn Lynch is the is the missing link in your story. If Marshawn Lynch quote is what is preventing you from doing your job, 
then you're not going to have your job very long because you're a hack. You're terrible. You have no business being in this business. Uh, you can listen to us on iTunes as well as rebelgrove.com. You can follow us both on Twitter. Dylan's at DylanEdward77. I am at Lord underscore J Wright. Um, any final thoughts? You have one? Um, Sounds like a lot. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, do you... Because your, your Twitter following has grown. Do you have this feeling that... Do you get this feeling that I get... Every time a I get a female follower, I'm very weirded out. I don't know what to do what with it. What are you it. doing? I don't I, I want to ask every time that a female follows me, I want to respond. Did, like, what, did you mean to do this? Hey, what went through your head when you pressed that button? Like I I don't do you, do you have that feeling or is that just me? <laughs> I don't really have any, so not a big deal. Nerve endings. <laughs> I don't have those either. Uh, for Dylan Edwards, I'm Jeffrey Wright saying Mamba out. <laughs>